0: for something new uh, is time we're coming through uh, uh, hi
1: jason hello henrietta so welcome to the conversations you. with jason campbell and henrietta galena um and we're switching gears a bit this week henrietta we have been very fashion heavy over our last few episodes and of course our focus is the fashion industry but this time we're gonna deal with let's say the health Let's we'll say the health of the industry, would that be accurate? Are we, are we in the, the, not the health of the, the industry. The health of
0: the individuals <laughs> the, in okay. the industry.
1: More accurately. And, um, and this week's conversation really was triggered by a New York Times article that we came across over the last couple of weeks. And I believe the title was Wealthy, Successful, and Miserable and we thought that ha- that had applications to to fashion and the adjacent industry in that while we may not be dealing with the wealth that say was handled in that New York Times article we are dealing with similar issues in fashion in the pursuit of wealth and and the the end result <laughs> of that in this in this business and i think you know we both agreed on this subject because I think is evident to us that the pursuit of success and wealth as we have known it in the past has taken on a different face in this age. And I have some thinking on that. I'm sure you do as well. And that's what we're here to discuss.
0: Yeah, I think um, more to the point, we've been talking about this for a really long time because, um, and you've been in this industry a lot longer than I have. You've kind of been saying a lot recently, what is this all about? Yes. You're really questioning a lot of the systems around us, not just in the industry but just capitalism as a whole. So,
1: yes. I am this is right up my alley because I think and I know I've been kind of really passionate about speaking about the system by which we live, we live under, and I just think that we're barreling our way to nowhere. <laughs> I think, I really do think that's the case. And I think we have to um, dismantle and really, really take a look at the system by which we live. And, I, and, and let's, try to do, let's try to do that in this conversation because I'll put this out there. I think that success in this age just comes with too much, too many strings attached, let's say. I think success in this age is just, the, the gold post has moved, and one is not even really sure what they're striving to anymore and when they reach there and, and that feeling of elation and contentedness and all of that, I don't really think people know what that is they're striving for anymore, and therefore they don't know how to be happy when and if they get there.
0: Well, I think there are two things that are a factor in what you just said, though, and one is that the goalposts have changed, so the pursuit of success looks very different in real time. So, you know, when we were growing up generationally, it looked a certain way, like this is what you need to do and this is what success looks like and this is what success looks like at home and this is what success looks like at work and this is what success looks like financially. And actually, as we've been working towards those things, they have been changing. So I think that there's been some flux and obviously we've been in this kind of, era of extremes from being a 23 year old billionaire to social media erupting and kind of changing the way that we see others and ourselves and success. And it's just changing all of those vantage points. But also that idea of like, when you get here, it's not quite the American dream where it's like (laughs) you have 2.5 children and you've bought a house and you've bought a car and, you know, you have a job and you retire at a certain age. It's, those are very, fairly tangible benchmarks that you could say I'm happy here Yes. in a way that I don't think particularly in our industry, I don't think that, there is a here here.
1: There, okay, and I well put, there's not a here here. And you know, we've been talking about social media, and I think we're not gonna avoid that in this conversation at all, because I think that is where we see the the lifestyles.
0: Well, particularly in this industry, what does success look like? You wake up and success to you is going to work and doing a good job. You open up your Instagram <laughs> app, and all of a sudden success to you is like, wait, do I am I doing enough? And all of a sudden, by the time you've even gotten to work, you've spiraled into this whole thing of like <laughs> being less than and everyone's way more successful or it's way more seamless or it's so much easier or they're, do it, they're doing it flawlessly or like, look, how beautiful.
1: It's, so it's just difficult. you're wrapped
0: with all of these notions that means that you, within the moving goalposts culturally and generally, generationally, your goalposts are moving in your own mind based of what you're seeing.
1: Every day, if not every hour. I, it's it's really, I think it's just challenging for anyone, for most people right now, just to feel comfortable and secure in where they stand, um, career-wise and otherwise. Because, you know, you could look on Instagram one hour and you see, you know, a girl who has hit about 17 countries in the last, you know, 10 days and looks flawlessly doing so. And mm. you wonder, you're like, well, what am I going to work doing and what am I being rewarded with? Meanwhile, this girl is like traveling the globe and just taking photographs.
0: Yeah, I think it's a really layered, it's a, it's layered because it even goes deeper than social media and that whole competitive nature of it. Because even, you know, when you strive for something, I think that we're just in this age, particularly in this industry where everyone's a polymath and everyone is doing Extraordinary things sooner, faster, younger. And so I remember thinking, okay, as soon as I become an executive, I'm going to live for a bit. And then it's, well, I, do I want to own a company? And do I want to own, you know, and it, the goalposts keep changing because there's never, it's never enough. You're constantly striving. And there's this mentality that's so prevalent around you have to do better than you did before. And I think that's something that is a bit of a challenge. You can't just live in the success well, that's of the it, moment. That's You're it. then like, people are always like, well, then what's next? Even when people build successful businesses and sell them, every interview is, well, what's next? They're expecting you to one-up Find. that thing that you just did rather than bask in that glory. And if you do choose to exit stage left, it's like, well, do, I mean, even look at our favorite, or should I say my favorite, Phoebe Philo, everyone's... You know, the rumors around her retiring, it's really interesting because people are like, well, of course not. And I'm like, but why? She's had like many incredible phases of her career. She has three children. It wouldn't be unrealistic given how successful she is that she took an early retirement. Why not? Because actually life can be more than designing really awesome clothes that we all obviously consume. (laughs) Maybe the next phase of her life is being a successful mother or grandmother or being a farmer but or, or pivoting. we don't in
1: create life. those spaces anymore. We don't even create those spaces for those conversations. We don't talk in those ways. And I think she's a perfect example that you highlighted there that why can't her next act be exactly that? I'm sure she's made bucket loads of money. She's you know. done
0: more than most people do in their entire fashion careers, but it's, it's not fathomable to a, a lot of people that that might be it for her. Exactly.
1: And I think that's a huge part of the problem in our industry and in other industries as well and that being this sort of having always to be on and you know on in your career as a whole and on and daily in the self promotion and all of that but you always have to be on and I think that that gets so exhausting and I think you know we we were speaking about personal care before I think that there's a general sense of like one is not able to really take care of themselves if they're on the fast track to success that fast track as we know it
0: yeah we were talking about this was before we were recording we were talking about self-care but even then i feel like it's that idea of self-care tends to live in two extremes we either minimize it Where it kind of feels like this very bohemian idea for the week, (laughs) exactly, (laughs) or we commoditize it where you're just like, well, (laughs) self care is going to take too long. By the time I get to the place I need to get to, by the time I've organised myself to Mm -hmm. have the the three hour, you know, and then we've commoditized it in a way where. It looks like a certain thing on Instagram, and you're just like, I don't have those things, I don't have those tools, I don't have the money
1: to go to that location, that destination. But that's a part of the system. That's a part of the system, as you said. What do we do? We create other products in order to, you know, to help ourselves while still going down that track. And yes, that's not the that's not the best direction at all. Um, and you know, someone made the when I was looking into this, I read somewhere that there is not. A good salary that makes a bad job essentially good. (laughs) I didn't didn't properly paraphrase that. There's not enough
0: money to make a bad job good.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I've said that a few times. And that really, that, I I, I saw that very clearly. I saw that very, very clearly in that, yeah, I mean, after a while, yes, for those early days, you're like, okay, bring on those cheques after a while, I'm sure that loses its luster. And so, again, what is it that you're working for? What is the meaningfulness in your efforts?
0: I mean, it does definitely come back to meaning, doesn't it? Because I think we've all had our own personal experiences and definitely friends who have been really made so miserable by their job choice, their career choice, their current job, you know, to the point where it does impact Friendships, relationships, family, the families, your connection to those things, and so I would argue that I think if you're doing something that feels somewhat meaningful to you, um, beyond the monetary output or beyond the, I don't know, the the clout, I think that that's a really good place to start because that is the common thread. If you're doing something that feels meaningless to you, like. Arbitrary. This could be anyone. This could be anything. Why right. am I even getting up to do this? I think that's really the the question over what the
1: the job is or how you feel it, about exactly. it. Exactly. And I think at one time, I think at one time it was very acceptable, you know, for a father, let's say, being that this is so this this work situation is so patriarchal. But I think at one time it was it is. at least historically, it has been Well Historically, let's say that there may be some amendment there. I think in this arena, it was okay for men to talk about their their clients and their bosses and for a good part of this age as well, I think it was okay. But I think now, that's kind of unacceptable. When you're talking about your clients and your bosses more than you're speaking about your family responsibility and things outside of the workplace, I find that kind of imbalance now is put to question, that imbalance in living is put more to question than it ever has been, not um, from the outside and from the individual.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that we're reconciling that now and it's causing us to understand how unrealistic certain expectations are like that quote that you shared with me a long while ago about you know well bring this back to the matriarch side of things (laughs) um you know women are supposed to work like they don't have children and raise their children like they don't have work and i think that's i mean i'm definitely experiencing that for now but then you look at you look at the people that you are surrounding yourself with or um or admire and people are doing these things seamlessly. Like I'm literally looking at whether it's current bosses, previous bosses, even Virgil as like a very far-fetched example. I'm like, when are these people seeing their kids and looking after their kids? And how how are they doing or what? And for me, I'm just oh, I'm not. utilizing My time. There's not enough hours I'm in the day, and I feel very particular about the type of mother that I want to be. And. While I have always been ambitious, I do want to be successful both financially and professionally. To what cost? To what end? Well, because yes. I do also cherish being a mother. Right. Want to have multiple children, and I right. am actually struggling. I'm at this kind of juncture where I'm. I don't know how anyone does it because it's. You know, all these people are like gliding along in life and I know the analogy of the swan the paddling done under the water but when you're actually calculating the hours of the day I genuinely am like what well this doesn't add up well yeah and it doesn't and- am I supposed to emulate this and it and it becomes a little bit tricky because that's what success looks like that's I mean if you live in a coastal city
1: like New York well that's why we're talking about that well, that's what we're t- that's why we're talking about this. We're talking about this because the image of success is that you have unlimited hours in the day. And yeah, we know those people to have children as well. And yes, we may see sixteen hours of their day, but they have somehow created X amount of other hours to spend with those children, you know, those unseen hours to spend with their children. But I think that's Which why is true,
0: which is true. But I'm I'm talking about being facetious. No, I'm being, I, facetious. I, no, I, I'm being oh, totally facetious. I'm talking about a literal sense of, of the mechanics of even having children. Children who literally sleep between the hours of, let's say eight and you know seven 8 pm well, and 7 well, a.m. That's my point. So the mechanics of actually having a really long work day, I wonder what that balance looks like with children.
1: Well, I, isn't what we're saying, at least what I'm saying, is that that balance is not there, Henrietta. You may not be seeing, you know, all of it play out on Instagram, but that balance cannot be there because we know the demands of, we know the demands of a professional life, a professional life of some of those people that you um, that you mentioned there. And <laughs> these are 12 to 16 hour days and it doesn't necessarily figure in very well for a child or for children. And I think ultimately that's where that imbalance place. That's where the unhappiness takes place. And those are the conversations that we're having with colleagues and friends that are in this business. I have to tell you, I don't, I haven't had that conversation a really long time of someone who has found that balance and have really found that happiness in their work environment. That's not a conversation we have anymore. At least I haven't had that conversation in recent. We just don't know the right people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no I haven't had that conversation in a really long time and people are not talking in those in those I do ways
0: think I do think we don't know the right people I do feel like if we were located in la let's say it might be a different story isn't there like a much better work-life balance just um, culturally here, than no there's like
1: not LA. a much better life think, like work-life your,
0: balance. your chair is swinging up
1: Five oh one. Your cheer is swinging, but it's completely opposite. In LA, I don't see the grind at all. It's like, it's like almost the opposite. I don't see the grind in Los Angeles. Everyone seems to be living these fabulous lives. Like, I mean, the homes are gorgeous. The cars are carrying on, but you don't see the work. That's the thing. In in a place like a New York or London or whatever, you see the work. You see the work. But there you just don't there you mm. just don't see it. Um, and, and I would say and I would say that these, you know, the the these kind of issues really are playing out in in these high intense cities. You know what I mean? They're playing 100%. out in the New York and the Milans and the, the 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 Londons of the world. But again, I in, in just mentioning that i have not had a conversation about real happiness in someone's position at a job in fashion in a really long time or at least that being the pursuit
0: it might not be a direct conversation but i think that we're always having them peripherally Ah, if you think about it people are talking about being medicated you know people are now more people than ever are suffering from anxiety and depression and we see the rates of suicide going up and you know people are trying to work out more to um impact to meditate. their to how meditate to impact their, exactly <laughs> to impact their mental health and I think that while we're not having direct conversations day to day I think those peripheral ones are very telling of how very people true. are feeling about themselves feeling about their lives and feeling about the grind, I mean, I, um, on a weekly basis, I'm having conversations with people, particularly in this industry, who want to get off the rat the race or mm. off the hamster wheel, want to go into ventures that feel more meaningful, whether it's natural food, whether it's holistic med- medicine, whether it's yoga, whether it's, you know, mental health, um, whether it's a lot of advocacy or politics we're seeing now, or even, like, nonprofit NGOs moving to somewhere where people have less than them and they feel like they can use the tools um, and the skill sets that they've amassed over the course of their career to help others. And I think that all of those conversations are really telling of what we think about success and the, the pursuit of that.
1: Well, I also think it's very interesting that, you know, more rich countries show a greater percentage of uh, depressed people than, um, than poor countries. Historically, that's always, I find that to be interesting. And in many ways, this kind, of, um, this kind of problem that we're talking about in our industry that has to do with like, let's call it first world problems.
0: First world problems. And I think that's the other issue, because the reason why we're not having these direct conversations is because we do minimize them as just that first world issues or champagne problems. I mean, I definitely don't tell. Like even my mother, it's like really funny to even complain to her about work sometimes because my mum's like, "You're employed and <laughs> you're housed and you're fed," <laughs> and you know she doesn't. I mean, I'm saying that to be facetious. She doesn't actually minimise my challenges.
1: But, but we understand it. But a lot. you're
0: very, you're very cognisant of who you're speaking to and about how you're speaking. True. Sure. about these things and and what terms you were using because
1: well us being from the immigrant cultures for sure we have to be careful how we articulate some of these things to our hundred because they view they view life and and work differently
0: a hundred percent but we're also very very self-aware so it does really take for quite intimate settings to have these like very complicated and made conversations because you're also very mindful about how you're being perceived, particularly in this culture of positivity and, like, all of that stuff. Like, no one wants to be the Debbie Downer. No one wants no. to be the asshole in the room that is actually calling out a lot of questions that other people are, necessarily, are maybe feeling. So I think that there's a lot that goes into why we don't necessarily have very direct conversations, but why everyone
1: else sees a therapist. The, precisely. Well, you know, I want to get back a little bit to... I don't know if we've given enough... Um, time to the the sort of grueling nature of work. I find there to be a revolt to the actual grueling nature, the amount of time, the amount of the effort that it takes to execute things, and the amount of sacrifice that someone just has to make in order to be a quote unquote successful professional.
0: Well, isn't it? It's part of the system we've built. We've we've built an infrastructure. Okay that's essentially been calcified. So it's gonna be very hard to get out of it. There's this mentality, particularly, especially in New York and especially in fashion, there is always someone smarter, prettier, faster, and cheaper to take your job. Mm -hmm. But also it's very competitive, like I said, with social media. If you work a 14 hour day, there is someone on Instagram saying that they've worked a 16 hour day, but they did it in heels. Or you know they did it <laughs> without looking as rough as you do. It's a whole, it's a whole kind of, um, mate, it's like a mental matrix as to why, as to how we got here, and how we can't. Really get out because
1: there's also like an well,
0: there's an economic factor to it as well, well. yes But
1: here's the thing: I mean, there have been moves in recent years, you know, to a four day work week, for example. That's, like all of those, I mean, that's, that kind of effort. Fine, you're deep in the corporate professional world, so you know better as to if that's a myth or otherwise.
0: Yeah, but no least- workplace is implementing that <laughs> shit anytime soon. <laughs>
1: But, um, fine, there may not be a cultural movement towards staving off all of this, you know, time that one requires to get one's job done, but I think something like that is going to have to be done in order to change this tide. no? Not in America. Well, what's the solution?
0: What you're talking about is a very European sensibility. You that, know what? That siesta that I'm off during August, like to be in to to be, live in Milan.
1: I gotta tell you though, in in also um, thinking about this subject and discussing it this week, I couldn't. I kept thinking about the Europeans. I kept thinking about all my European friends. I kept thinking about my my lifestyle in Europe and how. Different it is, and how though and and if we were to frame this conversation from a uniquely American oh. perspective, because the Europeans have somehow, even though they may be like at our jobs, they somehow have found the balance in their life. Because as you say, they're taking their month in August. That's gonna happen, and they're having their pasta at you know six thirty p.m. Because they're why like, are they gonna have you it? You emailed
0: life? me at six o one. I didn't see it
1: till I got into the office. I didn't see it till I got into the office. <laughs> How are they? They don't seem to be running to forfeit their balanced life anytime soon.
0: But culturally, it's a very different setup. Paradigm looks very different. You have everything from, like you said, those siestas, the summer months they get to have off because it's too hot to work, which impacts the quality and the output of the work. You have maternity for women you can take between nine months and 18 months depending on which european country you live in you could take that time off to have children you have but they were the pioneers of paternity pay they it's incredibly hard to fire someone in europe incredibly hard that's why the notice period is so much longer that's why the interview process is so much more grueling it feels a lot easier not easier easier is maybe the wrong word but it's um your job isn't always on the line like it does it right, feels like right. here. you, like, feel very insecure you here can you can literally get to work and leave work the same day Surely. and they don't owe you anything in Surely. a way that in Europe it's a whole process. so I think all of those factors and all of those factors combine definitely makes for a less i think stress induced life you know because there is that that value of family and, and I mean in France. You know, you leave work at six o'clock, you have peaks and you have troughs, your peaks are the fashion weeks or whatever is culturally, you know, those cultural marquees. And then everything else tapers off. Whereas I feel like we're constantly in high, high stress, we're constantly in those marquee moments. Yes. And those, are, that's the situations that we've created for ourselves professionally. So it, it just looks very different. And I think that, yeah, if we were to have this conversation with a European person,
1: it, it is, would sound different.
0: <laughs> it's all relative, so I'm sure that they would feel the rat race in a very different way, uh, but comparably, yeah, it's not the same
1: to an well, American mentality. I, I think this 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 issue of happiness. I, I don't think happiness is a throwaway in this conversation. I think happiness is is probably the most um, active word here. And I have to tell you, in as I'm looking at this. It's not a, it's not an emotion <laughs> that I see <laughs> permeating through this business um, on a, on a regular. Certainly less so than I remembered it. Let's say the 20 years ago when there were tons of happy, engaged people in this business. That it was a thrill for them to be here, and that that's what it was all about. There's no sense of that energy any longer. Well,
0: that's an economic impact, right? Because now we're in an industry that. Um, is predicated on creativity, but seems to value it less and less and less. True that. True and that, that in True tandem that. with how True we value that. as an industry, mental health, happiness, family balance, motherhood, all of those things, it negates that happiness that I guess you felt like in the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, because
1: seventies. <laughs> no, let's start, let's say the nineties and the knots. <laughs> Just for me personally, I wasn't exactly.
0: No, sorry, I wasn't talking about you personally. Gosh, that wasn't shade.
1: Just to be clear, I wasn't navigating the fashion industry in the seventies. No, people.
0: I just meant I just meant generally when it wasn't when the business um, and the economics of fashion looked really different.
1: Absolutely. And on that note, I think that we will definitely be revisiting a subject like this. Um, but yeah, I think we hit the issues.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, it's one of those conversations where it just, I mean, you could have this all day, every day. I think I'd be interested to find out what these solutions are around this because it's such an intangible issue um, and it's so subjective and it's really relative that I I don't know that there's going to be a solution per se. So I think it's really going to come on an individual level. People really have to set boundaries and think about what they're willing to, to do and and not do for their profession their career their finance position in life etc so i mean we'll keep talking about it for sure
1: we'll keep talking about it thank you for joining us